0: Welcome back to the Sports Drive here on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99, 1FM. And uh, we are now joined by Matt McCall, national champion assistant coach with his alma mater, the Florida Gators, also a former D1 head coach and now currently doing some college basketball analysis, not only uh, for ESPN Plus, but also on the Sports Drive as well. Matt, appreciate the time as always. How are you doing today?
1: Absolutely, man. Doing great. Appreciate you having me on.
0: It's always my pleasure to talk some college hoops with you. I always enjoy our conversations. One, one thing that I've talked about here over uh, going back to last week even, uh, the, the latter part of the week, is just evaluating, you know, bracketology and all these things that we love to dive into this time of year. <laughs> Tiering the SEC. Um, I, and I had somebody on yesterday, and they said that there's really two tiers to the SEC. To me, I think there's more like three By the way that you look at the standings and, and, you know, the net rankings, there's six SEC teams currently in the top 50. How would you evaluate the SEC so far? The way that I would do it is you've got Auburn, Alabama, and Tennessee in their own tier. You've got a middle group that's got, you know, Florida in there, Kentucky, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi State, some others. Then you've got the bottom tier where it's more center, uh, uh, Ole Miss with Kermit Davis, Vandy, I think even LSU you could throw in there because of how bad they've been in SEC play. How how would you categorize the SEC, if you will, in tiers, um, if you had even separated into those tiers?
1: Well, I think the top tier is is Tennessee and Alabama. Um, I'm not going to put Auburn in that tier yet. Um, I think those two teams, I think both of them have an opportunity to win a national championship. I, I really believe that. Obviously, we've talked before on this show just in terms of matchups and how important that is when you get into the tournament. But I think those two teams, in terms of the SEC, they have a legit shot to win the whole thing. Uh, I would never count Bruce Pearl out. I think he's a terrific coach. Um, I I don't think Auburn is nearly as talented as those other two teams. Uh, But I think because of how good of a coach Coach Pearl is, they will have a shot. I think Kentucky is, is starting to figure some things out a little bit. Um, I think if you look at Coach Cal's best teams since he's been at Kentucky, they've always had an elite point guard play. Mm-hmm. And I think this year is one of those years where you don't see that. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Sevier Wheeler. I, you know, I, I think he's pretty predictable in terms of how he plays. He's pretty left-hand dominant. He struggles shooting it from the perimeter. Uh, and really struggles when he's driving it to his right hand. So, um, you know, they've made some adjustments. And, you know, you can read the headlines in terms of Kentucky basketball. And, uh, you know, he didn't play versus Tennessee. They beat Tennessee. And then, you know, he hasn't played very many minutes since, even when he's been in the lineup. And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Kentucky's figured it out because they just put him on the bench. I think he's a talented player. Um, Is he as good as? point guards in the past in terms of Kentucky, what Cal's had since he's been there. No, he's not. Um, and I think is starting to figure something out a little bit there. So I think, you know, you, you've got to put those four near the top. I, you know, we haven't seen a completely healthy Arkansas team yet. Um, had we seen a completely healthy Arkansas team, I think Arkansas is in the same category as Tennessee and Alabama. I, I really believe that. And then I think it's kind of everybody else, right? Okay. I think Florida's still trying to figure it out a little bit. Um, you know, they've won some games as of, as of late. They, they went on the road this past weekend and beat Mississippi State, which is a big win. Um, kind of one of those needed to get it, you know, if you want to have any chance at the NCAA tournament. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're in the same category as a Tennessee, as an Alabama, you know, as an Auburn or as a Kentucky for that matter.
0: Matt McCall, college basketball analyst, uh joining the sports drive now. And one of the things too with Florida is I was look if you look at the net rankings, and of course that that's not the only thing that we look at when evaluating stuff, you know, the BPIs, the RPIs, the quad one wins, if you will. A lot of those things go into the net rankings. And Florida, while they do have some of those tough SEC losses like the ones to AM, they're three non conference ones. When you look at who they've lost to outside of the SEC. They've lost to FAU, team inside the top 25. Xavier, a team that's been inside the top 25. West Virginia, a team that is also very solid. Those three teams are all inside the top 30 in the net. So if you were to, and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, is when you look at the net rankings, obviously it's not the end-all be-all, but when you know that you've been around teams who are inside of that top 30 in the net and they've got a lot of high-quality wins, in a way your strength of schedule improves. And I think that if Florida continues to get some good wins here down the stretch, they put themselves maybe in a better position if they've got the same record as Texas A&M or Mississippi State or Arkansas even um, because they've had those losses to quad one teams that are in the upper echelon of the country.
1: Well, no question about it. I mean, if they can win some games... Uh, And continue to win, and and here's the other big key: don't have any bad losses. Yeah, right. Exactly. Don't have any bad losses in the league. You know, and I I don't think they have up to this point in time. Um, And I don't even think Texas A and M is a bad loss, right? I mean, going into the Kentucky Mm -hmm. game the other day for Texas A and M, they were undefeated in the league, so that's not a bad loss. And you know, they beat Missouri at home the other day, so you know, that's a good win. And Missouri's won a lot of games this year, and um, so, I, I, you know, I think the biggest key is is don't have any bad losses. Can you pick off a Tennessee? Can you pick off mm. a Kentucky? Can, can you do those types of things down the stretch here and put yourself in a better position to get a tournament bid, but just don't try to avoid, you know, the bad losses of the bottom teams in the SEC? And you know, they, you know, they beat Georgia at home, and I and I think Mike White's doing a great job at Georgia. I think his kids are competing every single night. Um, but you know, if you're Florida, don't lose to Georgia, don't lose to Vanderbilt, don't lose to Ole Miss. Like, don't lose those games. Go beat Mississippi State on the road. And and like, you know, if you can do those types of things, and again, avoid those bad losses, you know, you're going to put yourself in a position to to get in that large at large bid, and then if you can, you know, somehow knock off a Tennessee at home in front of a sold-out crowd, you know, in the exact tech arena, which, you know, you look at some of these crowds, and I'm a a Gator alum. I I love the Gators. Nobody loves them more than I do. But when you see Georgia sold out every single night, you still Mm. see some empty seats, you know, in the stands. Uh, In Gainesville, it's like, man, get behind that team, support Coach Golden, you know, give a home court environment. If Gator fans want to see their team in the NCAA tournament, Man, provide an unbelievable atmosphere in that building uh, to give them an advantage. Because when you play in front of a sold-out crowd, I've said this all the time. I I think it's a four-point advantage. You know, I I really do. I think it's a four-point advantage. And um, you know, so Gator, any Gator fans that are listening right now, get behind that team, and uh, especially if you want to see them in the tournament.
0: Absolutely, and and to to that point, they they've got. Again, that they got to win against South Carolina. And then they've got that tough stretch where they play Kansas State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge on the road. Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, those four in a row. And then things get a little bit more manageable to, to wrap the year up. And uh, speaking of the SEC, Arkansas is uh, pasting LSU uh, as well at, at the moment, which is uh, not the greatest look for for LSU, but a, a nice, what would be win for, for Arkansas. Matt McCall joining the sports drive now. I mentioned FAU, and we've talked about coastal, or uh, not coastal, College of Charleston, um, the mid-major teams, if you will, who have really played well here. There's a lot of teams from the Mountain West who are represented in the upper echelon of the net rankings. Um, how, how difficult is it to evaluate the mid-majors, though, Matt? When we see that College of Charleston is 20 and one, and they've only got one loss, it's easy to look at it and say, "Man, this team's pretty good." And while they are good, how how it, is is it difficult to evaluate a team like that compared to the likes of a Gonzaga or a Kentucky or an Alabama, if you will, based on who they've played compared to some of those other major conference teams?
1: Well, that's the, that's the argument, right? In terms of the NCAA tournament, you know, uh, like are we trying to get the best teams in the tournament? Are we trying to get the high major teams in the tournament? That's the biggest argument. And, you know, you, you look at FAU and college of Charleston they've taken care of business and that's what they've done. And I think, you know, just because I've I've seen FAU play a little bit more and I've been at games, uh, they've responded all year. Everyone kind of thought this past weekend would be the weekend, you know, where they played two games in the state of Texas where they would have a hiccup and they didn't, They took care of business. And, and really to be honest with you, neither game was even close. Um, I think that's just so impressive. and, You know, when you now start to have expectations and you get ranked in the top 25 and, you know, all those different things to still win games with that on your program, especially at a program that's never been ranked in the top 25. This is an historic year for that team. Man, how that team does not end up in the NCAA tournament over, you know, a quote-unquote blue blood that's struggling, I have a hard time with that. I I really do because – They've done yeah. what they're supposed to do. They've taken care of business, and it's really impressive. I mean, their only loss on the year up to this point was at Ole Miss, where one well, of their leading scores didn't play. So, had he played that game, could you be sitting here looking at a team that's undefeated? I don't know. I don't think you can guarantee that. But that's just what's so you know impressive about that team. Um, you know, and even Gonzaga, Gonzaga. You know, they had their seventy-five straight home win streak, snap the other night versus a team that they're clearly better than. But sometimes when you're dealing with those expectations, it's a, it's a different challenge for your program. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I, hopefully the, the, the tournament committee, they take that into effect. You know, again, we talk about Florida. I mean, FAU, you know, they can't have any bad losses, you know, coming down the stretch here. They've done a lot. They've achieved a lot. Uh, but like you said in terms of their strength of schedule you know listen if they run the table or if they lose at UAB you know and and they beat everybody else then then they should be in the tournament not no questions asked you know that's not even an argument in my opinion but you know if they have a couple bad losses or, or lose to some teams that you know they're quote unquote better than or ranked higher than you know then that's 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 the nature of of the tournament committee I mean that's that's you know how how things are evaluated so uh i i think you'll see them continue to, to win games it's, it's been so impressive to see how they've responded all year um but you know it's january 23rd i guess it is today and uh, a lot of basketball left to be played
0: talking some college hoops and uh, even nba a little bit with matt mccall assistant coach with uh billy donovan's florida gators uh helping coach his alma mater to a couple of national titles. Matt joining the show now. Um, and to that point, like college football, it's easy. Like, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, is that we we look at college football, and it's easy to evaluate the top team. It's really not that difficult to say, okay, they're, these are the five best teams that really are the five best in the country. Like, nobody's really touching them. With college basketball, Houston just lost to Temple, who's outside the top 100 in the net. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. never, and to your credit, uh, along with, with what you said, College of Charleston. Their one loss is when they didn't have their best scorer, otherwise they'd be undefeated. Not not to say, as you said, you don't want to guarantee wins, but they absolutely have a good chance of probably winning that basketball game. FAU's playing great. Uh, you, you look at some of the other teams like St. Mary's and Gonzaga who are in mid-major conferences, if you will, that find a way to continuously play well, but even they're struggling at, at times. So, I mean, th- that's the beauty of college basketball where you can look at a team like College of Charleston and say, yeah, this, this team belongs in the tournament where – and obviously, it's it's tough to say, you know. Say for example, Duke really has a hard time, and they end up I don't know, nineteen and twelve or something like that. Are they an NCAA tournament team? I mean, that that may there may be a question that that's brought up regarding that. And it's easy to say, whether well, they a blue blood, so they're in, But it's college basketball; it's different than college football.
1: No question, and I think the difference between basketball and football too is a lot of times in football, the bigger, faster, stronger team always prevails and if you run into a team in basketball and this is what makes the sport you know so entertaining and this is what makes you know the NCAA tournament in my opinion and this is no knock on college football I love college football um but the NCAA tournament's the greatest sporting event you know out there because you know you can run into a team even though you're bigger faster and stronger if they rope off 14 15 threes from you know They can beat you. It doesn't matter how talented you are. They they could have a hot night and your season's done. So um, I think that's the biggest difference too, between college basketball and college football. It's just, Hey, a lot of times, you know, in football, who has the most talent, whose team is bigger, faster, and stronger. They a lot of times win and that, and that's not the case, you know, in basketball. And I think that's, that's what makes, you know, the tournament so special. So, I just think, too, you see so much parity. I think, you know, you see a lot of these teams that are, that are winning or having success, you know, they have such strong cultures. Um,
0: and, and they're older,
1: too. And I think that's what, you know, everyone knocks NIL and everyone knocks the transfer portal. But what's the one common theme right now in college basketball is there's a lot of parity and NIL and the transfer portal are in full force. Yeah. So, yeah. When you, when you combine those two and you look at it, man, like that's, you know, and I know everyone has an opinion on those things, but in terms of basketball, I think it's almost given the sport more parity and made the teams even, even out a little bit. And I thought we don't know who's the number one team in the country. We can say Purdue. We can say, you know, Houston had a hiccup, like you said the other day, versus Temple. We can say Tennessee. You know, we can say – Alabama, we can see these teams, but man, there's been a lot of different teams that look like the number one team in the country. And there's a lot of parody, which is going to make that tournament, you know, come March. Very interesting.
0: Absolutely. Matt McCall joining the sports drive. Now, um, a couple other things for you. I wanted to get to Bronnie James gets down to his final three, Ohio state, Oregon, USC, not really a surprise really with, with any of those three, but, uh, there's a report out there that the the NBL in Australia is looking at trying to convince Bronny to go over there as opposed to go to college. When making this decision, and I'm sure that this has obviously come up with the coaching staffs of of those three programs evaluating talent, but also trying to convince guys to go to your school. I mean, you're not only can you're not only competing against other universities, you're competing against a whole other country and they're pro league. I mean, obviously he's going to end up making the right decision because LeBron is good at, at assessing things and he's got a team around him and all that other stuff. But when making a decision, I don't know. I mean, obviously you uh, didn't have that option at the time and I don't think anybody really has until not, the last couple no, of years, but <laughs> when making a decision to go pro or to go to college, I mean, that has got to really be a difficult decision going to another country or staying at home and being able to go to college for a year and all the other things that come with it with NIL and more? That, I think you hit the nail on the head. With
1: NIL right now, To, to you know, for an 18-, 19-year-old kid to go overseas, I just don't see the benefit to that um, at this point in time with where we stand. Um, like you said, I thought you'd bring up a good point in terms of Bronny and the people around him and LeBron. and You know he's not going to make an uneducated decision. He's not going to make a rash decision. There's too many people around him. There's too much at stake. LeBron has said repeatedly he wants his son to be in the NBA. He wants to play against his son. He wants to play with his son. Whenever he does that, he'll hang him up. And you're talking about a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm more of a Michael Jordan guy myself, but a guy that's going to go down as you know top five greatest players to ever play the game. So. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. I, I you know, unless he has an opportunity, unless they change the age limit in terms of him, you know, going to the NBA, for him to, you know, be that far away from his family with, with what's at stake, I, I just don't see it. You know, I know he's down yeah. to his final three. I wouldn't be shocked if that changes, you know, coming down the stretch either here, because I think there's just still so much time left. You know, you get to the N.C.A.A. tournament, and you know there's coaching movement, there's coaching changes. You know, there's something changing his recruitment. Obviously, waiting till the end. He's not like he committed early, so I know he's down to his final three. Wouldn't be shocked if that changes, but you know he's got too many, you know, high quality people around him um, that he'll make the best decision for him and, and his family and. Um, you know, but it'll be interesting to see how it all all plays out.
0: Yeah, and, and to that point, even LeBron had said, "Look, uh, I can get on the phone with anybody and talk to them about why Bronny is good enough to play for their program. It's not just those three. I mean, he can play for anybody in the country. So obviously, you know, you're going to vouch for your kid. But and as you said, the recruitment could change. You never know what happens. Um, real quick, too, um, before I let you go, Matt, the Kings in the NBA transitioning. The Kings have looked really, really good, which is in a way it's it's kind of nice to see teams like Sacramento, Memphis, Denver, New Orleans be those are the top 4 teams in the Western Conference right now. It's not an LA team, it's not even Golden State, it's not Phoenix. I mean, you're seeing smaller market teams if you will finding a way to be really really good. Uh, the Pelicans have slipped off have slipped off a little bit losing their last four uh, with Zion and, you know, uh Brandon Ingram being out but evaluating the NBA, I don't know if you could pick a favorite right now. Is Denver the best team, or do you think Boston is the best right now in terms of what you've been able to see with the NBA?
1: I mean, I think Boston's the best. I think they have a swagger right now about themselves. Um, I think Jason Tatum doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing. Maybe maybe I'm I'm wrong in saying that, but I, I mean, I think right now, how do you not pick him? As the front runner for MVP in the league,
0: yeah,
1: you know what what Boston has done and where they're at. They're the best record in the league. You know, even going back to when you know they had the issues with the coach and everything. And Joe Mazzulla comes in, like what the you know what an unbelievable job that he's doing. You know, they've got Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You got high character guys in that organization, Marcus Smart, but Jason Tatum's the guy, and it's so impressive in what he's doing. So. But I think you bring up a good point. Like, you know, Sacramento has been so bad for <laughs> yeah. so long. Like, I'm even going back to like when our guy from Florida, Jason Williams, was there, and it was him and Chris Webber and White There you Stock. go. I mean, it was it was awesome to watch back then, and they were competing in the playoffs versus the Lakers, and they've been so bad. And you look at De'Aaron Fox, and man, what a talented player. Nobody talks about him. I know they're starting to talk about him again. But even like you know, look at his career at Kentucky and what he what he did there, and um, it's it's I think it's great. I think it's great for the game. I think you know again we talked to Perry in college basketball. Look at the Perry in the West Conference. Yeah, you know Western Conference. Look at the Perry in the Eastern Conference. Nobody would have thought, you know, with what happened with Boston and losing their coach and all that, that they'd be sitting here at top, not just the Eastern Conference standings, but the NBA standings. And and it's again, you know. We love the NCAA tournament, but the NBA playoffs are going to be fun to watch, too.
0: Yeah, they most certainly are. And to that point, too, real, real quick about De'Aaron, um, to me, I, I compare him a lot, maybe not necessarily as good of a player as Dame quite yet, but in the way that they've stuck with who drafted them, I think is really impressive just from a leadership perspective and what they yeah. bring. Like, Dame is is really dedicated to Portland, and I don't know if that comes from going to Weber State and – being from that sort of an environment, but i kind of feel the same way with John ja Memphis that Murray state John ja fits the Grizzlies, but Darren as well going to Sacramento and then sticking with them and signing that longer term deal. I think it really goes to show the, the leadership and the commitment that they've got to the teams who drafted them.
1: Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, again, like, you know, and Dame kind of set the precedent for that. Um, but, I think it's impressive. I, I think it's a credit to those guys. I think it's a credit to Aaron Fox, you know, John Morant, you know, and, and they found their fit, and they're making a name for themselves. And, you know, you're talking about guys that are going to be all-stars this year, and uh, their teams are, you know, at the top of the standing. So it's so impressive, and, you know, hopefully that trend continues.
0: Absolutely, Matt. I appreciate the time, as always, again, Matt McCall. College basketball analyst, uh, national champion with the Florida Gators. Uh, Matt, again, I always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again here soon.
1: You got it, man.